by his grace and for his glory. Well, by his grace, I think that's Amos and Margaret, by grace. And uh, the thing is, he was sharing tonight, um, what a blessing to see this family and their children. Remember when they were at the ministry those years ago and then began to have children. And now to see the ministry that God has raised up, what a tremendous blessing to the glory of God. And Amos, when you were, when he was singing that song, Lombard Train, I was telling Paul, I said, some years ago, when that song came out and was really popular, John Schmidt, some of you know who I mean when I say his name, with us in a tent crusade, I think it was in Florida, I'm not sure. And I didn't really know that song, but I was outside doing something. I ran back in quickly, and he was finishing with that song. And all I remember was the long black train. And I ran in there, and I got to the microphone. I just said, you better get on that train, folks. And he looked around and said, no, 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 they don't want to be on that train. So then, I did find out what the message was. You do not want to be on it. John had been a dear friend of ours and a friend of mine for 50 years. And uh, we, know, we knew each other B.C. And but what a joy it's been all these years to minister together. And tonight when Amos was saying that those years ago, he came to know Christ as his Savior, he and his first wife, and... and uh, I had to think about how many here tonight, you can reflect back. When he said that, you can reflect back and say, it was this date for me. It was this time frame when I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And my prayer, our prayer is that if you cannot do that, that tonight, this night would be the night that you would say yes to Jesus Christ. And you will never forget what Jesus Christ has done and where it was when it took place. Already people that have been coming, and I always say when you respond, it's got stickability. I don't know if that's a good word or not, but it helps us to think back and to remember there it was. Whatever I brought, surrendered, when I got saved, born again, whatever it was that I brought to him, that's where it took place. So when the enemy comes and tempts us, we can say, uh-uh, no, I want to take you to a place, you see, where God did that deeper work in my life to the glory of God. And uh, praise God, praise the Lord for that. I, uh, I was thinking about something when Eugene was up here leading some songs, and I did some leading, he did some leading, and we have worship leading, and some a cappella, and some with music, and all different kind. And I was thinking about, and this says about the church at Hicksville, but I don't know, because Paul, some of us know a church in Hicksville, Ohio. I don't think this is the one. But there was a feud there at this church. I hope it does not happen at your church. But there's a feud between the preacher and the song leader of the Hicksville Church of Christ. It seems the first hint of a problem came when the preacher preached on dedicating yourself to serving the Lord. And the song leader chose the song, I Shall Not Be Moved. Well, then, trying to believe it was a coincidence, the preacher put the incident behind him. The next Sunday, he preached on giving. Afterward, the congregation squirmed as the song leader led them in the song, Jesus Paid It All. Well... By this time, the preacher was losing his temper. Sunday morning attendance was growing. Tension between the two was building. A large crowd showed up the next week to hear the preacher preach on the sin of gossiping. And would you believe, following the sermon, the song director selected the song, I love to tell the story. <laughs> well, there seemed to be no turning back. The following Sunday, the preacher told the congregation that unless something changed, he was considering resignation. The entire church gasped when the song leader led them in the song, Oh, why not tonight? Hey, 
Truthfully, no one was surprised when the preacher resigned a week later explaining that the Lord had led him there and the Lord was leading him away from there. The song leader could not resist when he sang and led the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. But anyhow, that's not good. It's not part of the message. But, you know, a little humor. And I appreciate all the stories and things. God, God has anointed my brother. I don't even preach in the gospel, but so many stories along the way. And uh, stories has a way of ministering to our hearts and helping us think, think deeper about different things. And uh, really, really a blessing. If you would turn with me this evening to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Some of the verses will be on the screen, some maybe not this evening. But again, last night, Dave was asking how many of your Bibles. Such a blessing to see you with your Bibles. Uh, what a blessing to the glory of God. And uh, when you have a Bible that you can follow along in the Scripture, means means so much. Because when you have a Bible to follow along, it means that you can remember where the passages of Scripture were. And tonight we're going to Matthew chapter 26, verse 37. Some of you already know where we're going this evening. Kyle was asking me for a title of the message. I'm not even exactly sure of the words I gave him, but it was something along the line. Uh, drinking the cup we are given. The cups we are given. This passage of Scripture, beginning, I'm going to actually, um, let me see here. Uh, let's go verse 35. Peter said unto him, uh, though I should die, saying to the Lord, I'll go with you, I'll never deny you. Of course, we do know that he ended up denying Jesus, not once, twice, but three times. But now we go on. Then he cometh Jesus unto a place called Gethsemane. Then he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray. He took, the, he took Peter and the two others, the sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And he said unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O oh, Father, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And then again he went unto the disciples, and he found them asleep. And he said unto them, Peter, what? Could you not watch with me even one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and he prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Then he came, and he found them asleep again. Their eyes were heavy. He left them, but he went back the third time. And he said again the same words, if it were possible, would you let this cup pass from me? Tonight, I want to say that many of us, there are cups that we are given and we are handed. And some of us don't look at as cups, but maybe more at people. I want us to turn to John chapter 18 to see what really transpires here. And I think tonight, when we look at the garden... The garden of our lives is the place where you and I will come to to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I may end up with that, but I believe it's the greatest battle ever fought in the history is when Jesus was there in the garden and the enemy was tempting him. You don't have to go through with this, but he saw you. He saw me. He saw all of us. And he said, not my will, but I'm going to do the Father's will. Now, in John chapter 18... This passage of scripture, when Jesus had spoken the words, he went forth with his disciples and over to the brook of uh, Cedron and where was the garden into which she entered with the disciples and Judas also now, which betrayed him. 
and uh, resorted there with his disciples. Judas then having received the band of men and officers and the chief priests and Pharisees came thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Now I want, I want us just to look at that for a moment because uh, it says it came with lanterns, torches and weapons. Like that, there was a criminal that they would have been after. Torches, weapons, like he's going to resist them, right? Not so. Goes on in verse 4, Therefore Jesus, knowing all things that should come, he went forth and he said unto them, Whom do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood there with them. And as soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they all went backward and fell to the ground. Uh, that must have been some kind of sight. I don't know if they didn't expect that was going to be Jesus or what, but such a shock when he said, I am he, it says they all fell over backwards. Now, they all get back up again, evidently. And then he asked them again, uh, whom do you seek? Jesus said, I have told you I am he. If therefore you're seeking me, let the others go that are with me. That the same might be fulfilled which spoke of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, he drew it. And he smote the high priest's servant, cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And Jesus said unto Peter, Put thy sword, put up thy sword into the sheath, like the holder where it goes. The cup which my father has given me, shall I not, what? Shall I not drink it? Now, Peter, because he was defending Jesus, is like, you are not going to get to him, even though he's fixing to deny him just shortly. Within hours, he's going to say three times, I don't even know who he is. But he said, I'll never deny you. I'll go to prison. I'll die with you. But he didn't. He died, but not in the way he thought. But here, it says he took the sword and he whacked off Malchus. In fact, it says in another uh, one of the, uh, uh, of, of the Gospels that Jesus went down and picked up the ear. Now, just imagine with me. He picked up the ear and just placed it back like, Mwah! if that wasn't alarming, eye-opening in front of everybody, pick up the ear, zoom, it's back on again. Like, the miracle working Jesus. He put the ear back on. Then he says to Peter, take the sword. Put it away. He said, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Peter saw people. I'm going to get you, Malchus. You're going after my Jesus. I'm going to cut off. In fact, he was probably aiming for the head and got the ear. I don't know. But he got the ear, and he's like, I'm going to get him. Peter saw people, but Jesus saw a cup. So many times in life, there's things that happen. This has been such a challenge to me, personally. But we see people coming at us, and people with the things that take place, and, and, and Jesus is saying, no, this is a cup. That is handed. This is something that I'm permitting. God has a perfect will and a permissive will. God's perfect will is that we get born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, walk in newness of life, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then come with Him and be in heaven some glad day. Can the church say amen? His permissive will is probably pretty much everything else. There's things He permits that we do not understand. But Jesus said, I'm going to drink the cup which the Father has given me. What was in that cup? What was in that cup for Jesus? Can we just look at that? What was in that cup for Jesus? It says in 
in, uh, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 29. It speaks there. And it says there, it said, when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and a reed in his hand. They bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They put the crown of thorns on his head. That was part of what was in that cup. What else was in that cup? There in Matthew 27, verse 67. Then they spat in his face and they beat him. Others struck him with the palm of their hands. This is the things that were in that cup that when he was in the garden was saying, do I need to go through with this? But this is just part of what was there. And then he went on from there. And then in verse 26, he said, Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered them to be crucified. That was 39 beatings when they scourged him. 39 times of the cat of nine tails on the back of Jesus Christ till his back was open and bleeding. He was doing it for you. He was doing it for me. That was part of the cup that he wasn't sure how was it going to feel. He never felt anything like that. But he was not only the son of God, but he was the son of man. So he felt like you and I do. He felt the beating. He felt the whipping. He felt the spitting. He felt the slapping. He felt the punching in the face. That's why in the garden he was like, Father, if it be possible, would you allow this to pass from me? And then it goes on after that. He gave, he gave his back to be struck and his cheeks in, uh, to, to be plucked out of the beard. I think it's in Isaiah chapter 50 is that scripture. Stuck, and, and he not, hit not his face. It's Isaiah 50 verse 6. And so in other words, there was hair on his face. Men with beards here tonight. What he did is he went and he plucked out. They plucked out the hair on his cheeks. Blotches of blood and bare skin or, or underneath the skin. When people say it was brutal what was happening, it is so true. But they plucked out his beard, just ripped it out. I cannot imagine. Neither can you. But this is what happened to Jesus. And then next after that, John 20, verse 29, 29, the other disciples said also, we've seen the Lord. So he said, unless I see the nail prints in my hand, the hands and the nails in my hands and feet and so forth in his side, I will not believe. We'll go on from there. It's the next verse. And after eight days, the disciples were inside. And Thomas said, and the doors were shut and stood in the midst. Peace be unto you, except for Thomas. Then he said, Thomas, because Thomas said, I will not believe unless I see the nail prints and I touch the nail prints. And I go into the side where the spear was. I won't believe until I see that. And then what did Jesus say to him? He said, Thomas, reach here your finger right in his hands. And then he said, and then put your fingers here in my side. Do you not believe? What did Thomas say? And Thomas answered and said to him, Lord, oh Lord, Lord, my God. I believe, Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who've never seen me, but they believe. That's me tonight. If you're a Christian, that's you tonight. Give them a clap offering of praise. That's faith. I've never seen him. I've never seen him. You've never seen him. Unless there's a vision you had or a dream of Jesus that you saw. But I believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, who gave his life for you and for me. 
We have to believe it because the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God and he that cometh to God must believe that he is God and that is the reward of them that diligently seek him because without faith we cannot please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for but the evidence of things I haven't seen him yet. But the evidence is right here in my heart. Woo! Glory, hallelujah. There's the evidence. It's the Holy Spirit. It's newness of life. It's walking with God. It's experiencing His fullness. Experiencing His favor, His purpose. What about you tonight? Hallelujah. He said, blessed are those. If you're a Christian tonight, you're one of the blessed. Blessed are those who've never seen. But they believe because they read the Word of God. And they believe that it's true. Friend, if you haven't yet, tonight's the night. See, so many young people, so many children here this evening. God bless you. God bless you. Most of our girls, ages 8 to 10, receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Same with Dave's children. They came to know the Lord. And for some of them, maybe later, it was maybe a rededication of a greater understanding. But they knew. They knew right back then. They knew. Because their hearts were pitted. In fact, we were at the prison last week, week and a half ago in Uganda. And then, and then Carolyn said to me, uh, can, I, can I tell them where I became a Christian? And there was a thousand prisoners sitting in front of us. And I'm like, I, okay, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think maybe if you explain, you know. Because she said, I want to tell them I became a Christian in prison yeah. <laughs> at nine years old. So I said, just explain to them. So she told these thousand prisoners that we did prison ministry in America and so forth. She grew up as a little girl going to prisons and singing and ministering the gospel. And one night when her daddy was preaching the gospel in the back of a chapel, she prayed to receive Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. And that's where she became born again. What about you tonight? Are you born again? Oh, friend, we need a date, place, time. We need at least a time reference to go to. When the enemy comes, we can say, you're a liar. I know Jesus Christ and I can take you to the place. Have a time frame. If you don't, make it tonight. Don't go without assurance in your heart that Jesus lives within your heart. To know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Tonight there'll be an opportunity. And if you're not sure and you say, I'm not sure, do I know Jesus? Uh, There's conviction that comes in. They know when you talk about Jesus. They know right and wrong. And there's something stirring in them. Don't quench the spirit like, just, just be quiet. It's, it's okay. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't do that. But rather say, uh, would you like to pray? Can, can I go up and pray with you? <sighs> wow. Father, mother, there's no greater honor. There's no greater privilege than to pray with your children to come to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Tonight may be that time. Jesus is speaking to you tonight. But Jesus, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they pierced his side, and that was in John 19, 34. And then from the cross, it says they pierced his side because they'd seen that he died. But before he died, Jesus cried out. What is it? In Psalm, uh, Psalm uh, excuse me, in Matthew, 20, Matthew 27, 46, where Jesus cried out, and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Most all of us tonight, 
We've had formulas of rejection and being forsaken. You know what it says in Matthew 26, about verse 56 or so? It says, all the disciples forsook him. Every one walked out on him. If you had people walk out on you, people reject you, people forsake you, and it was people you loved, it was people you cared about. Jesus knows how you feel. He knows how it feels. But why was he crying like this? I believe the reason that Jesus was crying at this moment is, I believe at that moment, 2 Corinthians 5, 21 came into reality. It was at that moment that God made Jesus to become sin for us. He that knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Do you understand that tonight? Do you understand that God made Jesus to become sin for us? He that knew no sin. That we can be made the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. He said, I declare you righteous if you believe in my son Jesus Christ and you've repented from your sins and turn away from sin and turn to follow God. I declare you righteous. Hallelujah. Through the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. Give God a clap offering of praise. Glory. He alone is worthy. Became sin for us. In fact, I would like to just, yeah. Become sin for us, he that knew no sin. But why have you forsaken me? Then it says he gave up the ghost. Because before that, we all know, Derek has this photo up here, a thief on one side and a thief on the other. And you shared the story the other night, how that the one thief mocked at Jesus. He railed on him. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. Save yourself. Save us. But he's making fun of him. The other thief looked over at him and he said, why are you doing this? You and I are criminals. We're receiving our punishment. This man has never done anything wrong. And one of the first sayings from the cross, there were seven. One of the first sayings from the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The ones that were mocking and the ones that had spit in his face and were gambling for his garments and crucified him. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That thief caught on to what Jesus, that he's the Savior. He can save people. He can save. And he said, Father, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And as hard as it was to talk, in fact, there on the cross, from what I understand, there was something that they, had, that they would stand on, like they had to push themselves up so their lungs would open, the esophagus, and they can actually breathe, and then they'd go back down again. Then if they wanted to talk, or breathe, they'd have to go back up again to get air. And he looked at the thief and said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Can you imagine hearing those words from the lips of Jesus? I don't know, how did this prisoner feel? He's like, Wow, today my soul is going to heaven? The other thief was. He had already said, and he was the macho, I can do this by myself, whatever. But he missed the opportunity. Friend, don't miss the opportunity tonight to come to Jesus Christ. There they had the same distance probably apart from each other. Tonight you may be way in the back, I don't know where. But don't let distance keep you from coming to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you. I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I come. Um, 
I'm just, I'm going to very quickly, uh, I'm going to read this, but there, instead of using the scripture, just have that photo of Jesus, and I want to read this real quick. This scripture, Isaiah 53, where it says, He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. I'm in Isaiah 53. A man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, we hid as our faces. We despised and esteemed them not. We despised and esteemed them not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Do you experience grief? He said, I carried your grief for you. You have sorrow? He said, I carried your sorrows at the cross for you. We did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Our transgressions. Our sins is what took him to the cross. That's why he died. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone's turned to his own way. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Because every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person's born the same way. And then he goes on. He was oppressed and afflicted, didn't open his mouth. Brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Sheep before her shears. Down, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Made his grave with the wicked and the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord God to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when he shall make his soul. This is, this is a prophecy of what's coming with Jesus. This was prophesied in Isaiah. Here's what's going to happen with Jesus. Thou shalt make his, his, his soul an offering for sin. He became your offering of sin, my offering of sin on the cross. He shall see his seed and shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Verse 11, he shall see the travail of his, this just gets me, I'm like, he shall see the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. The travail, the agony on the cross, and God said, I accept this. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Are you part of the many? You have the opportunity to be part of that many that he justified. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide a spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, the two thieves beside him. And he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That's Jesus. That's Jesus and what he's done for you and for me. Um, there are many tragedies, disasters, things we don't understand. The things that come our way recorded a song uh, a couple years ago called My Child, uh, My Ways Are Not Your Ways. Last night in Sierra Leone, 
Hundreds were killed in a mudslide. It, it was asleep. They never had a chance. Natural disasters. I don't understand. Yesterday in Algeria, over 100 people were caught in the middle of a fire and were burnt to death because they couldn't escape. You ever say why? I do. Now, somebody said you should never say to God why. Did Jesus say why? And I think he understands when we say why. He may not tell us the reason of why things happen. I think it's Dwayne Mullet, Dwayne who said that he thinks the first words, the only words in heaven if we're going to say anything um, would be the words, um, I can't think of the words. Of course. Thank you, Dave. I got to speak while my mind's moving because it may not move again. Of course. In other words, this explains everything. COVID-19, the thousands died, hospitalized. I had a son, I had an uncle and his son, uncle and a nephew, that died within five days at the same hospital and there was nobody there, no family. I said, why? All the devastation. I said, God, why? I do know that over in Africa, We've seen more people come to Jesus Christ since during COVID, after COVID, when the doors opened, than we've ever seen in the history of the ministry. You know why? Because during COVID, pastors walked miles and miles to take food to people, regardless of their religion, regardless who they were, took them food, and they said, why would you do this? They said, because of Jesus. We love you. Now the churches are overcrowded. We were just there two weeks ago. And he's like, Brother Nelson, we don't know where to go right now. We need disciplers. We need to disciple these people. Yeah. There's just different cups, things that can mention tonight. You know, this, this prayer at noon. It's down here, Lanny Baker. She's eight years old. Dealing with cancer. Eight years old. Some of you know Lanny. You know who it is locally. We're praying. And for her family. We're praying. My heart goes out. Was that yesterday, Greg and Nikki? Mosier? A baby. That they laid to rest. Is there grief, sorrow? Yes. Are they saying, God, why? Mm -hmm. Why, Lord? This doesn't seem fair. The Stolzfus families, a little over a week ago, where there were 11 on that wagon, and it turned over when the father lost control going down a hill. Five were killed instantly, one days later in the hospital. A mother and children. I don't understand. 
cancer. <laughs> Something we don't want to wanna, wanna talk about. But a couple years ago, I was laying there on a, in a surgeon room, and they were taking away cancer from my ears. Nelson, you're getting too much sun. The doctor would told me, but I didn't listen. Dwayne Mullet was in there with me. That was a miracle that they allowed somebody to stand right in there with me, and I think it was the first time in his life he wore a mask. You don't know Dwayne, but anyhow, Dwayne and Cindy, but that's something he would not want to do, but to walk into that room with me. And then, you see, he understood what's going on. He had a boy die at 16 after the second heart transplant, their only son, cancer. They have a daughter, Alicia, that is what, 23 maybe? Also some, a number of issues, had a heart transplant. She was a baby. He was the perfect one to stand there as they were cutting. And then they came back and said, we didn't get it all, Mr. Kovlitz. We have to take some more. And then they started cutting. I could feel, this is kind of <clears throat> gross, but feel. I said, Dwayne, it's, when they walked out that time, I said, kind of messy, isn't it? And he said, yeah, this is. They said, you're going to be okay. And I had a hold of his hand. And then they come back and said, I think we got it, and then graft skin. That's nothing compared. That's nothing. That is so minor compared to what so many are facing. But it gave me just a little taste, just a little taste. There's so many changes in our lives, things that we go through. We live in a fallen world. There's a possibility of rejection, of pain. It comes from families, from church, from missions, from ministries, from the workplace, in-laws. Somebody would say outlaws. Come in. When things don't go my way, you know, can I still love? It's husband, wife, brother, sister, son or daughter, mother, father, friend, co-worker, pastor, elder, neighbor. Go down the list. There's a possibility of being hurt, being wounded. It's a possibility that that can happen. We face many forms of rejection, damage, broken relationships, emotional scars that only Jesus Christ can heal. Favorite siblings. That hurts. Oh, she's daddy's pet. What are the others? Yeah. My opinion was not considered. My word doesn't count. I was picked last. I know what that I know what that's like when you play softball, you know, growing up. I was kind of shorter than some, you know, Dave, you know. Here, here, here's a really good softball player. Anyhow. So, because I knew I'd get picked last, I would always volunteer to catch, you know. So, so I was the way of getting on the team, Paul. Is I would say, I'll, I'll, I'll catch. And they'd say, okay, you be the catcher. Because I knew they weren't going to pick me. Anyhow, so anyhow. But it, some of you are laughing, but it hurts, doesn't it? 
He didn't pick me because I wasn't the best. Hmm. Your name wasn't given as one to serve at church. Or when they voted, you weren't voted in. And you wondered why. Those are some cups that were handed. And we either will look and say, it's because of that person and that person. It was because that person. Or we can say, you know, Jesus, you allowed this. Please give me grace to walk through this and drink it. This hurts. The forms of abuse, again, wherever, gatherings, whatever it may be, so forth, family, friends, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, critical spirit, judgmental spirit. Some give the quiet treatment and the spirit of anger, some of sarcasm. Then there's a spirit of bitterness. Hurts that grieve the heart of God, and it, it hurts us. But Jesus wants us to come to him. He wants us to come to him. Um, I, uh, I put on the, on the top of that with that prayer list, I said, um, some have been hurt and wounded, church people. Some have been sidelined. Some may be here tonight, and the song has gone out of you. The unction to function has gone out of you because of hurts and pain and misunderstandings, things that happen. But the Lord wants to help you to trust again, to love again, to believe again. He says, can I help you? Can I help you? You come unto me. I want to help you. I want to help you with this. Some of the things we go through are chastening, difficulties to draw us near to him. Some of those things, and the scripture says in Hebrews, they're grievous. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart doth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. For some, the spirit's been broken, and it's drying up your heart. Your joy is dwindling away. Your passion for Jesus. But Jesus is saying, come to me, I want to help you. I have a plan, I have a purpose for you. Proverbs 18, 14, the spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? We can't. We cannot bear a wounded spirit on our own. We need Jesus to help us. Some of you have been wounded, and some of it's by friendly fire. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because some is within the church, within your family. I'm sorry. But Jesus feels what you're feeling. He bore it all at the cross. It says he came in Isaiah 61, prophecy, to heal the brokenhearted. Some of your hearts are broken. To heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free, undo the heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free. He says, make beauty out of the ashes of sin. Then he says, the planting of the trees for, of righteousness that God may be glorified. When we come to Jesus, he's glorified. When we come to him. Proverbs 18, 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. Some of you have been offended. Words, attitudes, actions, 
I think all of us, at one point or another, offenses have come. Jesus said offenses will come. It's going to happen. I want you to think about a few people this evening. In fact, I was thinking about how that different people, I thought of, you know how God, if we bring him the hurt and the pain, Fanny Crosby, blind. You know some of the songs Fanny Crosby wrote? I was researching yesterday. She wrote over 8,000, even though she would only acknowledge saying probably over 200, but they say over 8,000. But Fanny Crosby, she wrote different songs like Rescue the Perishing, Blessed Assurance, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, Safe in the Arms of Jesus, Blind. Johnny Erickson Tata, From the Neck Down. And yet she didn't let that physical infirmity keep her right up to today. I remember in, in Ghana, Africa, when she was on TV, she came over there in the capital city, she was on TV, and she was on a wheelchair. And for the next three, four years, we could not get enough wheelchairs. Because people all of a sudden saw that somebody that's crippled actually has a purpose. Over there, they were told, don't come out if you can't walk. Don't go out. It's a shame. We just were trying to get wheelchairs everywhere because Johnny Erickson kept the faith in Jesus Christ and could have said, I'm not going any further because I feel this pain and feel what I'm... And we look at different ones. Uh, you can mention different ones this evening, but those are disabled, those that are sick, uh, those with dementia, th those people that are caring for these people. Friend, tonight, if you're caring for people that are sick or have dementia or they're disabled and you're caring for them, God bless you. That is a cup that God really cares about. And he's, he's holding you tenderly as you care for people that cannot care for themselves or that don't treat you well. The Lord Jesus says, blessed are you. You have a reward in heaven for being that kind of a person. And following through with that, I... Think of the person who wrote it as well with my soul. And I could go on with that, but I, I'm going to move on. Uh, let, me just, let me just share. Let me share this. Many of us have been bruised and broken. Many of us cannot be used for the world's hunger because we have yet to be broken in the hands of Jesus Christ. Grain must be ground to make bread. Being a blessing of God often requires sorrow on our part, yet sorrow and suffering is not too high a price to pay for the privilege of touching other lives with Christ's blessing. The things that are most precious to us today have come through tears and pain. Think about it. Sometimes the sweetest joys of life are the fruits of sorrow. Just take a moment and think about that here this evening. Um, poverty, hardships, misfortune, difficulties challenge our energy and our perseverance, but brings the strongest qualities of the soul to life. It's the weights of the old grandfather clock that keep it running. The most prominent characters of the Bible were broken, threshed, and ground into bread for the hungry. Because he stood as the head of the class, enduring affliction while remaining obedient, Abraham's diploma is now inscribed with the words, the father 
of faith. Jacob, like wheat, suffered severe threshing and grinding. Joseph was beaten and bruised, by the way, by his own family. Joseph's own family mistreated him, threw him in a pit, sold him. His own family rejected him. But Joseph kept his eyes on God. Just through all the things where he was going through, and I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to picture like God saying, Joseph, be faithful, be faithful. You don't understand, but just around the corner, you're going to be prime minister of all of Egypt. I mean, he didn't tell him, you know. He's not going to tell you. He's not going to tell me. He just wants to see us be faithful. He wants to know he can trust us when the trials, the difficulties, the misunderstanding, the things that there seem so wrong. But if we remain faithful, he says, I got something for you because I can trust you. And then he gets put into prison, falsely accused. He probably said, that's it. That, you know, but he was faithful. <laughs> and one day they say, Joseph, you know, king wants to see you. He's like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. But when he goes out, it says they cleaned him up and he came out. And he says here, he said, uh, you know what happened. I, I can't go into detail. But how he interpreted a dream, you know, and nobody else could interpret it. And then he says, you're the man. I'm going to put my ring on your hand. And you are second in command uh, over all of Egypt. You're in charge. And then we know the story. How that God brought Joseph's father and brothers there to also get food. And when they see it's Joseph, the one whom they had lied to, the one whom they had rejected, the one whom they'd mistreated, the one that they told their father, he's dead, he's not, you're going to see him again. But all of a sudden, when Joseph revealed himself, what did they do? They all fell over on the ground. Why? Because they thought, Joseph, now being in charge, he had all this garment on, he's going to kill us. <laughs> We're gone. Joseph said, get up. Please get up. You meant evil against me. You wanted to hurt me. But God meant it for good so that many people could be saved. Oh, I've had to dwell on that a lot, Titus. There's things that are happening that are, doesn't seem fair. But God is saying, keep the faith. Because I want to use you as broken bread and spiritual nourishment in my hands to help others. But if you turn back, I can't do that. But if you keep going forward, in the midst of tears, yes. Pain, yes. Sorrow, yes. Grief, yes. It's all a part of it. Paul and Silas. You know what? And David hunted down like an animal through the mountains, so forth. Paul could never have been bred for Caesar's household, even now endured the bruising and all of those things. Job, we can go on down, you know, but every cup must first pass through the hands of God. Every cup that is hand, it is not like God is saying, I didn't see that coming. Never. Never. It's got to pass through his hand. Does it greet? There's things here that... You know, and everywhere we go, I mean, back in Carolina, where there's things so grievous that you hear of abuse, different things that are going on. You're saying, oh, God, how could you let this happen? And there with Peter, when he came to Peter, this was before what I read this evening, but, but you know, uh, Peter, Jesus said, Peter, Peter. 
Satan wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to destroy you. But I pray that your faith does not fail. My ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is praying for you. He knows you. And he knows your house. He knows your number. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. And he's praying for you. I take uh, courage to know Jesus is praying for me every day. He said, I've prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. Then he said something else that Peter blew right over his head. And he said, and then once you've been converted, once you've been changed, then I want you to go and help others. I want you to go and, and minister to the brethren. He had no idea. So he denies him three times. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And Jesus looks at him in the garden. He's looking at him, And he says he doesn't know Jesus. But then what, is, what does Peter do? Peter, after that Jesus took a look at him and that there where he was uh, in the garden, what happens? Jesus, Peter ran and he wept bitterly. He cried. He became a broken man. Brokenness. God can use broken people. You're willing to become broken. David said that what God wants in Psalm 51 is a broken and a contrite heart. With that, God is well pleased. And so he becomes a broken person. So after Jesus raises from the dead, and then he meets Peter. You know the story. And Jesus is along the shore, and he's making food for the disciples. I say he was making breakfast for failures. Anyhow. Because <laughs> they'd all left him. But he's making breakfast. That's the way Jesus is. He said, I'm going to bless you even though you mistreated me and you forsook me. You denied you ever knew me. But I'm going to do something good for you. I want to bless you because I love you. I love you. You messed up. But I'm here to help you to work through this. See, to take from the message to the miracle to the message to ministry. And so he's making fish. And so he says, do you love me once, twice, three times? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And finally Peter's like, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, go feed my sheep. Who gets the privilege in Acts chapter 2 to preach the first message of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who was it? He said, you're my man. You have failed. You've denied. You even knew me. But I'm restoring you back. And that's what Jesus wants to do right here tonight. He says, I want to restore you. He said, would you let me? Can I help you? He said, just come unto me. I'm going to draw to a close in just a moment here this evening. Um, someone said, human nature seems to need suffering to make it fit to be a blessing to the world. And I'm just going to read this. Come to a close, but... Um, Bible says, this is the victory that overcometh, our, overcometh the world, even our faith. It's our faith that the devil is after. If I can just paralyze your faith, I got you. It's your faith. He wants to rob our faith, steal our joy. That's what he wants to do. But it's, it's in our hands, the decision that we make. God wants to make beauty out of the ashes of sin. He wants to take us from where we are. Today is the first day of the rest of our life. I mean, duh, it is. And what we want to do with it is in our hand. But when he makes broken bread and the sorrow that comes, my brother, 
His wife was killed 19 years ago. A couple days ago, it was 19 years from my brother Jonas when she was killed. I remember the day very well. Pennsylvania, car accident. And therefore, she was killed. Uh, four days later was the funeral. And then the day of the funeral was Jonas. He was a hard worker, a good businessman, pretty much a perfectionist when it come to this and the way the how everything was, everything was done so-so. And, and he was less in business, but as far as having compassion, was not really on the top of Jonas's list. I know this is going out, and I want to say to people that are watching online, you may be sitting in your house right now, and you're watching this. Obey the Holy Spirit. What Jesus is saying to you, you may be thousands of miles away, but Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is not limited distance at all. Can speak to you. I said that because my brother Jonas and family may see this, but they know, they know this. They found out after he died in November of cancer. Just younger than me. Throat cancer. But the day she was killed, actually the day of the funeral, we had just buried her and we came back to the place to eat. And he said, Nelson, I think the Lord is saying to me that I want to go over to Africa and I want to take the children that are still at home. We just came from the graveyard. He had never said anything like to me, never before. But brokenness and sorrow as a way of softening heart. Later that year, I was on the airplane with him and two children. Within about another four or five years, he became one of the board members for Living Hope International in Ghana, and he was still on the board when he passed away in November. God developed the heart of compassion, but it came through brokenness, sorrow, and tears. Hebrews 12, it says... Seeing then we are compassed about so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besetteth, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that is set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now at the right hand of the throne of God. Wait right there, Derek. What I'm going to say is, it says, Let us lay aside everything that holds us back, every weight, and run with patience the race that is before us. My understanding of that is that we exercise faith and keep moving ahead. We, in a nutshell, it's this. We continue to contribute to the joy of others while our own hearts are broken. We continue to contribute to the help and joy of others while our own hearts or broken, or sorrow, or grief, or in pain. We continue moving. And the only way is verse 2, looking unto Jesus, not people, Jesus, who for the joy that was before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He said, I'm on the way home. I'm going back where I came from. I'm going to the Father so I can intercede for everybody all at the same time. Verse 3, for consider him, Jesus, who endured such great 
contradiction, hostility, sinners against him, unless you become weary and discouraged in your souls. We got to consider Jesus in everything. Consider Jesus. Always look to Jesus. Tonight, some of you this evening, God is just saying, I want to help you where you're at or you want to come and pray so you can be a help to others. There's things you're seeing from a different perspective. I was going to read something, but I'm not, but the greatest battle was in the garden where Jesus said, I'm going through with it because he thought about you and he thought about me. And tonight he's saying there's a battle. Are you willing to say, not my will? But Jesus, this hurts. This is painful. But your will be done. I'm willing to drink the cup that you've allowed to come to my, my hand. Could we stand?